on Gifted Autonomy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting edition of Gifted Autonomy Radio. Today I am so thrilled to have self-taught oil painting artist Larry Silver. He's been in galleries, he's had different art shows, and he has a variety of experience that I feel like can really inspire creatives out there, whether you're an artist, a writer, an author, or a business owner. So really excited for you guys to jump into it with him. Today we're going to be focusing on building a legacy and what type of legacy you would like to leave as well as protecting your craft and just some other interesting tidbits about Larry Silver. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to him and let him explain some of his background, where he's from, and just some interesting tidbits about himself. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, I'm glad to be the first guest on your show. So. Uh, I honestly feel honored, and um, yes, as you know, my name is Larry Silver. I paint a diversity of figures in the African diaspora, from black jazz, iconic figures, and ins inspirational, uh, conversational pieces. Uh, a little bit about myself, from from Birmingham, Alabama, by the way, of Tuscaloosa. Um, born in Tuscaloosa, I pretty much grew up in a, a sports Friday night lights town, and uh, I moved here in Birmingham a couple years ago. Uh, of course, Ashley Silver. We we uh we got married, and uh, you know we starting this this whole art uh, movement together. So, but yeah, like I said, it's good to be on the show, and uh, I'm inspired by you and your hard work. And like I said, we just um, take one inspiration, see, and just plant it and give it to one individual at a time. So, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yay, that is awesome. And yes, I did not mention that Larry Silver is actually my husband. <laughs> so I'm very excited to be starting this venture with him. This is the second episode, and he is my first interviewee. So I definitely hope that you guys take something positive away from this. Just a little bit before I get into the questions with him about gifted autonomy, when you think about somebody being gifted, you think about a special talent they have. And with autonomy, it's really about individualism and not letting any barriers from all of the noise out in the world get you off focus from your own individual creative passions and strictly combating uniformity and there being only one road that you can take to get to that creative vision that you have. So we're really about a safe place here for creatives and self-expression and positivity. And that's what you're going to get today as we learn about Larry Silver's story. So I am happy that he's joining me today. You'll see him on various other episodes as well. But this is your chance to really learn about his story and see what you can take from that to be inspired. So... The very first thing that I did want to get into with Larry is about protecting your work and craft because as you know, there are probably tons of examples of people that you know are a bit apprehensive about putting their work out there just for fear that it will be stolen. And of course you can go through and get you know different items copyrighted, but a lot of people you know may not have the funds to take that step at that time, but they do want to share their work with the world because for a lot of people it's really not about monetary gain, but really getting something out there that can, as we'll talk about later, leave a legacy 
or help somebody that, you know, may need that encouragement at that time or to see somebody doing something that maybe they don't have the strength to do at that time. So they are inspired by them. So in doing that, you still want to protect, of course, your work and your craft as best as possible. So no one does steal those ideas from you. So I wanted to shoot it over to Larry about exactly what advice can you give to aspiring oil painting artists or even entrepreneurs that have a product that they've invented that may be a gift to the world, how they can protect their work and, and their craft while still putting it out there so a wide variety of people can, can gain insight from it. So what would be some, some good advice that you have, Larry, for that? Well, yeah, uh, protecting your uh, work or product is definitely mandatory. So um, I guess I can start off with the galleries first. Uh, when it comes to galleries, as an artist, uh, I think it's best to have your own contract, you know, with you. Even though they send you a contract, you send them back to let them know that you have a con contract, uh, contract as well, to let them know that these are uh, what it is that you request. And, you know, hopefully if it, you know, they don't accept it or it don't align or at least compromise to come to a middle or where both of you agree, on, you know, could come to the middle on agreements on what it is that you can, uh, I guess, uh, be able to compensate with the uh, contracts. Uh, I think, um, I think uh, if you have a relationship with someone or, or a gallery, that may be different. I mean, you may be friends with the person or, or a special connection with the person. Y'all may have worked together and they have a gallery. Uh, like they say, a good relationship or a good bonding ship will definitely go a long way. But if it's someone you don't know, you're definitely going to have to have your own contract set up at first. And, you know, if they don't accept whatever it is that your request or you can't compromise with them, then, you know, that's not avoid and you can't be able to be able to, you know, continue forward with the business move as far as that. Um, I, I say social media would be the next one. Uh, Anytime you post something on a public site, you're going to always be taken with. So uh, it's pros and cons to that. Um, the best way that I can say is, of course, you can get your work copyrighted. And also, you know, even with getting the copyrighted, you know, I see people do the watermark, having their watermark on their works and things like that. And nowadays, uh, people will still Photoshop that out, you know, and... My thing is, uh, I guess you got to just, you know, be able to contest the person and uh, respond to the people engaging with that person to let them know that uh, that, that work doesn't belong to them. Uh, people in general will, you know, automatically relate to the victim of the situation or what's going on. So there will be people that will notify other people that that is in their work as well. And um, as far as, you know, as far as putting your work out there on public sites, there is that guideline of where you're taking the risk to, you know, if people do this, then it's up between you and that person. If you have copyright rights, if you can sue or anything, then yeah, yeah, definitely. And also the, the flip side of, of stealing work, uh, there's, it's gray areas within that. I mean, if you're an artist and you 
paint a piece and that was inspired, if it's out of inspiration, I would say that would be different because you still have to create it with your own hands to be able to, you know, you know, instead of taking a picture directly and saying that it's yours. You know, also it's good that people will tag you in their uh, in the piece that they post that is your work that they should tag if maybe if they've forgotten to tag you or anything like that. I mean, you need to notify them or something. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as people sharing your work around, that's also uh, very, uh, you know, uh, they're inspired by it. And that's good that your work is getting out there and, it, and it's also affecting people. But I guess the nightmare would be if your work is getting out there and they don't know who did this piece, and it's getting all this viral feedback, and you, I guess it's hard to fight off millions of people. So <laughs> to fight millions of people to let them know that this is your work, and then this person said, no, this is their work, and that. So I guess to start off with, it's best to, uh, like I said, the watermark, like I said, they can Photoshop that, that out. But uh, copyright, and it's also good to know who your followers are to have people that will be able to, to fight for you, you know. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons, and it's good to just be able to look up stuff to see what you're able to do about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like you were saying, notoriety on social media and having your own core audience is very important because I think about a story I saw on TMZ sometime back about an artist that was underrepresented. You know, they don't have as much support as a, as a big name artist and I won't name, name actual names, but they were saying it's a bigger artist, a big time artist actually stole a beat or something. You hear about those type of stories all the time. And of course the, the bigger artist makes all of this money off of this and the kind of underrepresented artist is basically suing them at this point. So you do have those fears, but I think like you were saying, um, the notoriety on social media and having your own perspective. Yeah, and also that, man, that's that's horrifying because when it comes to music, I guess it's like, I guess it's different than the visual art because even if you have to at the extreme, you know, of course you got the copyright, you got the watermark, but even if you guys just post a video to show that this is your work, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, listen, I did this. I got the video right here. This is real. This is me. Mm-hmm. Or so and so. Because one thing a person don't have, they may have a print. I don't know or whatever if you had a contestant. But when it comes to music, that's definitely, I wouldn't know what to even do yeah. with that. I'm not going to. You, you basically know, have to take legal action. Yeah, you got to take legal action. <laughs> to protect your work. But you got to take legal action towards, you know, anything. So don't, right. I wouldn't want to downplay anything mm-hmm. and say you don't. But um, there's definitely legal actions there and, and copyright and things like that. But when it comes to something going viral, you know what I mean? It's good that people tag, audience, tag, tag the artists and it's good that your audience know who you are to be able to be like, oh, this person did this. I followed this person. I've seen their progress in doing this. And so on. It's just kind of spread the word out there uh, along with your legal action mm-hmm. as well. And that's the same thing with music artists too. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and feel free, Larry, as well, to just jump in whenever you want to, you know, you have something that, okay. that you want to add. 
Um, but also, as coming, I guess that's the artist perspective. From an author's perspective, I, I did have a situation where basically I, so my first book, Choices, and, and it's actually still on Amazon, but I published it, I still published it through Amazon. I didn't really do a lot of research going into it, so I'm sure there were maybe ways to prevent this from happening. But I did notice after some time of it being on Amazon that a third party had actually started selling my book. And I was offended and, and, and really angry. And I wrote Amazon and I said, okay, how are you letting somebody sell my book, like my work? Like, who is this? You know, it wasn't much information about the third party on Amazon. It was basically just under my book, like, okay, other sellers are selling this. And I'm like, how can this happen? And so... I reached out to Amazon and they instructed me to actually reach out to the third party person. And I did. And, and luckily they didn't contest what I was saying. They, they took it down immediately. I was never given an explanation as to why or how they were able to do that in the first place from Amazon or the third party. But, you know, it kind of cleared itself up. But I think a big thing with also protecting your work craft from an author standpoint and, and from probably from any type of business or entrepreneur is research because I found out later from a, a writer's group that I'm in that it's a way for you to turn that off where they where third parties can't sell your product but that is not anywhere in plain sight or any type of warnings about that so just doing your own dedicated research to be diligent in protecting your work and craft is, is, is another big thing I'm sure and as well as for artists like Larry as well so moving on to our next question, I wanted uh, Larry to give us a little feedback about legacy. So we talk about legacy a lot, you know, since we are married and leaving a legacy, not just for, you know, people usually consider leaving a legacy for their families or their children, but more so leaving a legacy for the world because, we're, you know, we're not always going to be here. But leaving something, and he has, you know, tons of art that we'll be able to pass down and it will be seen, you know, even after he's long and gone. And, and just basically making, creating something that affects people in a positive manner and you can, you can leave that for them. So I wanted to get his take on how he's molding his own personal legacy mm -hmm. and why is leaving a legacy important. Yeah, uh definitely important because, I mean, leaving a legacy is definitely just simply putting others before yourself. I think uh, I think when you leave a legacy, it's important because it's it's the bridge that transcends time. So, uh, you know, I know when it comes to leaving a legacy, I know, of course, you know, people think about automatically their kids and things, but also, you know, to be bold enough to leave it for another generation is very important as well and um it's just sacrificing that time and hope that uh people have a different perception through the message that you may bring in whatever form of medium you may bring it in um just uh pretty much is is um you have of course there's legacies where it's kind of selfish but then there's also legacies where it's selfless you know what I mean? so uh it's basically just changing the perception of uh, people in the future in the best way. Uh, if you look at the musician like Michael Jackson and also sports like Michael Jordan, I mean, people play differently because of mm -hmm. these people. 
and uh, people think differently because of these people. So, I mean, it's important because you can never know how you can shape uh, the world in the best way for it to uh, to uh, be, be a better place. It's kind of like an evolution of it. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's definitely important uh, to leave a legacy behind to where uh, you want to inspire people who don't even exist yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think and, and for those who who may feel like um, you know, they don't want to leave a legacy or not, it's it's not that people don't want to. I would say that people just don't feel like they can. Mm-hmm. But you can take the most simplest thing, uh, just even a person just helping people mm-hmm. leaves legacy. You know what I mean? So, I mean that spreads the seed, and you'll be amazed at how many people, good people, just being a great person can have such an effect on people because people will, will remember you. I remember this person did that for me or I remember this person helped me out or so and so and their story will be passed on down to people to know that, you know, just being a great person leaves a good legacy as well. So but yeah, I mean, even take Nip- Nipsey Hustle as well. A person that, you know, beyond his craft was trying to help people in ways outside of his craft, like the STEM program and 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 everything, and and, pl- and plus his entrepreneurship to help his uh his neighborhood out and everything. So, uh, legacy in in every form of medium, even help is a medium. So, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to leave a legacy. Can't mm-hmm. be selfish with it. Yeah, and when you have, of course, we have the goals that are within our industries, or you know, so within the art world or the author or writer world and you have goals that are even bigger than that like you were saying with Nipsey Hussle he was basically a musician but after he you know did get to a level where he could give back to the community mm-hmm. it was important for him to leave a different type of legacy not mm-hmm. just his music because he was changing thoughts and minds with his music as well mm-hmm. talking about the struggle and how he came out of it but then also, in, in addition to that, doing things in the community, like you were saying. So mm-hmm. it's basically leaving a really thorough legacy or two different types of legacies as well. Yeah. So I think that's very important. The next question is, what emotion do you strive to leave with your viewers through your art? Oh, man. Uh, just that... Uh, the emotion that I, I like the nostalgia feel. I think uh, when you add a little bit of nostalgia or kind of an allegory with your uh, work, then you um, people tend to connect with it uh, differently. You know what I mean? Because like I may use certain figures or whatever, and I always strive to to uh, put a person in a piece where that person reminds someone of somebody, you know, whether it's a family member or so on, so they have a different connection with it. Um, I also um, like to uh, have that emotion where, you know, like uh, it may be simple, but it speaks volume. Like one of my uh, favorite pieces that's pretty much, I wouldn't say, well, it, it's simple as in far as the concept, but it can speak so many volumes like Monday, that piece where the ladies at the table got a cigarette in their hand, an ashtray, and a fidget spinner on the table, and I call it Monday. And it's just something simple as 
like on Mondays, we always have that feeling, you know. So it's 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 speaking in a way where it's like relating to a situation where it could be daily or a day or a certain day of the week. And and people may look at that piece and they may feel like, man, I can definitely relate to that picture right there. I ha- I feel like that on this day, you know, or such. And, and it's not to be like a mood downer, but it's just something to kind of capture that feeling of the moment where you can and also see the beauty in it. You know what I'm saying? It's beauty in, uh, in different emotions. You know, some emotion we don't want to stay in, of course, but... You know, it's still beautiful to be able to capture and be like, okay, I can feel this, I can see this, and so on, stuff like that. But I definitely like to capture emotion in a beautiful way as well, through where uh, it can be in kind of like a a surrealist, a surrealist way or abstract kind of in a way where I may have certain random pieces in a, a painting, but the pieces kind of make sense in a way if you put it all together or whatever. And, you know, it can have certain youthful elements in the piece or certain colors in the piece that may make it pop or whatever, and it may speak in a, a different emotion that way. So I always try to aim for the emotion of, you know, of trying to, from good to the bad and to the simply being. I think it's important to, as well as a message, especially in art, Especially as a black artist, we always have to have our message in there, and that's very important because we have to speak for our culture. And it's also important to um, just be able to paint a figure simply just being. I can't express that how important it is because I see that a lot when um, um, I guess other artists, maybe from different cultures, maybe from Renaissance back in time, and I kind of want to take those. Um, uh, that idea and that concept, which I also take from, you know, other artists that inspire me as well, such as Barkley Hendrix, uh, you know, Charles White, uh, Ernie Barnes, Kevin Williams, of course, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, J.W. Godward and Caravaggio for, like, a darker side. So I take from those uh those definitely concepts that they have inspired me with and I kind of come up with my own concept of me to where I can affect people in the most simplest way and the most complex way. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I I just want to be able to as, as, uh, to be able to put emotions out there in a way for the viewers can be able to feel and be able to connect with the people. Yeah, and it's so, like, and also, if you want to look at or or purchase any of the art that Larry just mentioned, you can go to silverbrush.net to see those of everything that he basically just described. But what I really like about the emotion that I get is so diverse because his collection is so diverse. So depending on which art piece you're looking at on the website, he has a lot of what I feel is really women empowerment pieces on Mm -hmm. there where it shows these strong figures and you can almost tell their story from looking at the painting 
and what they've been through or make your own perception of what they've been through. And I think that allows a really creative expression with basically creating a character through visual art. So I think that that's really important, especially with it being March being women's um, women's empowerment month, mm-hmm. women's history month. And so I think what his paintings exude are basically family elements, the women empowerment, um, really strong figures. So if you guys want to check that out, you can go on silverbrush.net. The next question that I have is if someone were watching your story, kind of play by play, like they were making a, a movie for you, what do you think would most inspire the viewers about your particular story? Uh, the work ethic, uh, the longevity of it all, and um, also uh, a bit of relentlessness. Because uh, where I come from, I had to... Uh, I had to be that way because, um, like I said, I came from a sport town, and is isn't such a main attraction for art, especially for black art. And um, there's a time of the year where art is celebrated within the city, and things like that, and stuff like that. And um, but still, you know, as in me being an artist, and I'm not saying that I'm by no far way of saying that I'm the only artist. Where I'm from, it's plenty of artists, I'm sure, but it's not um, too much of a space in the platform, which I would love to make that space and platform for. And um, being from Tuscaloosa, man, it's such pride there. It's, it's, it's definitely um, uh, the sports, uh, the sports uh, spirit, and um, definitely because you know, University of Alabama, you know, we, you know, I hate to say this, babe, we champions, okay? So. <laughs> You know, we you know, we get to the oh, invite in the house this about is this. What so, I hear all the time. But you know, it's roll tide for life. Oh goodness. I just had to add that in there. But but yeah, but even with that, um, the pros and the cons of that of being a uh, black artist in a in a sports uh race driven city, it's it's difficult. It's definitely difficult because the vibe is different. Um I've had people to be like, you know, or uh, why just just paint um of course Nick Saban, Parvin, Brian, you know what I'm saying, just paint the, you know, the the players and things like that. That's cool and great, but at the same time, like I guess if you want to be an artist that stand for something and be able to stand out or to be able to have some type of meaning where it touches people differently, which that has meaning as well, but even as a black artist, you feel like you have a responsibility, you know what I mean, for your culture, because, you know, as a culture, you know, we went through so much to to not just be that and just stay that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, I think concepts are important, uh, I think, uh, you know, recapturing, like I said, I like to recapture old black and white uh, vintage photographs to kind of bring those stories to life because I just feel like it's so many, it's so, it's so much, um, and so much idea and concepts out there that has been left untold. So I just feel like it's important to be able uh, to tell those stories. So, um, but yeah, uh, I had to be a little bit, uh, relentless about it because it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a different setting. 
and you're trying to make something work, and it, it, I went years getting frustrated with it. You know what I mean? So, but uh, I mean, it still, in a way, helped made me who I am to be able to um, to have tough skin and just be able to embrace who I am. Being that person that was that was different, maybe those who didn't see what I was doing early on, you know, of course, finally, they, they caught, they caught up now to see that, okay, man, I remember you was painting this when I was telling you, you should paint this in order to make money, you know what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. man, you know, you, sh- you should paint this song, song and take it down there on the strip and be able to sell the song, so, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, of course, and this license for all this stuff, of course, you, know, you know, you ain't got the life, you can't be doing it, you know, I mean, you could do our inspiration. Of course, but you know, and you know what I mean, and like I said before, Instagram, before, uh, before just Facebook, uh, you know, even before woke was woke, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, you know, twelve years, you know what I mean, and uh, I just uh, pretty much just had that eye to see uh, to see uh, uh, black people in, in a certain light and a certain perception, you know what I mean, and uh, I just, like I said, and I did paint the, the Alabama stuff too as well, you know, I did that in the past and was trying to fit in and trying to figure out, you know, what would people like, and then until I had to sit back and realize, okay, well, what would I like, what, what would be a different approach, what would actually touch people differently, you know what I mean, because I could paint this and just be amongst the other artists who painted this, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And just being that, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and being that foul, foul cabinet of this. But also I can make, or, or I can just do something to where my work stood for something uplifting people and uh, just be able to spread a message to where the concept and everything has meaning to and touch people differently where I paint this picture and this picture is the only picture like this picture mm-hmm. instead of me duplicating certain uh, known public figures. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or I could duplicate a picture that's in black and white and bring it to life and put my own spin on it. Or I could take like eight pictures and put it all in one picture. Or I can, like I said, I painted pictures of people that was of other race of different colors, but I liked the positioning in the picture, and I found a way to reposition the picture to where it's the same person, but the person is of my complexion. Mm-hmm. And the positioning is different, and I had them doing something else. So I kind of like move people around in my head. It's like a 3D figure, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I move people around in my head to kind of be like, you know, to kind of make adjustment to before I put it on the canvas or mm-hmm. paper. So, but yeah, I just like to capture uh, vintage stuff and things like that. And I just took that approach uh, to it. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What was the, uh, I didn't want to get off top of the question. Cause I started, <laughs> no, I just, this is great information yeah. that people need to hear. And it's a fluid conversation. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, anything that you want to include that can help somebody okay. is amazing. But basically, I was saying, you know, and it was kind of a creative question. Mm. If, you know, you had your chance to have your biography on the big screen. I know we see so many biographies in today's day and age. 
what would you want people to how would how would you want people to be inspired? Like what would they be inspired by as they watch your biography? And I know one thing that I'll say before you answer that mm-hmm. that I admired about you since since I since I met you is that you basically refuse to veer from your beaten path. So I know you talked about people recommending it's even been people that I worked with in the past that knew you were an oil painter because I would show them your stuff and they would say, hey, well, why doesn't he do this? You know, he can make a lot of money if he, like you said, go paint Alabama UA football (laughs) with all of these millions of fans. But I would come to you with things like that and you would either tell me, you know, that's not really my passion. So you really stuck to what inspires you, how you think that you can really change the world with your specific niche. And I've seen that, you know, basically evolve. So you do, because you also do landscape pieces as well. Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of people, I don't, I don't think that they know, but they're very beautiful landscape pieces. And sometimes in the past, we've gone out and taken some photography. I like to do what I would call amateur photography out at parks or mm-hmm. any place. It's nature that we travel, which we do a lot. And I feel like you're evolving in your own time, but you did not veer from, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. I don't want to just do this to make money, but I want to do something that I feel like is really changing the minds of people as far as visual art. And so that's what really inspired me about your story. Oh, definitely. Yeah. uh, uh, What I would want people to take from is just, I'm just a human being, just humane. I had to... I was I didn't have all the answers. I was trying to figure it out. Um, you know, it's times where, believe it or not, uh, I felt like giving up. You know what I mean? Because it's like you see, I see what's around me. I'm they man. This ain't. I don't know what I'm doing. Like maybe they, they write this is like a phase. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this, it's no. just a phase. What I'm going through, whatever. No, it's probably because I don't know. Like you know what I mean? So. But, you know, uh, just to take that, uh, I was humane, you know what I mean? Just trying to figure it out. Just, you know, I want them to take away from it that uh, I uh, failed my way to a win. You know what I'm saying? And, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's part of it. I mean, I heard somebody say this before, but um, I I don't know how to make of it, but they say... uh, uh, you just need to win one time, but I don't. I don't know how that may come across to people. Of course, everybody wants to win again, again, again. Mm-hmm. Of course, but um, you know, I guess to, I guess not. I guess what they're saying is not win one time that be it, but win one time to build that self assurance that you can be able to win. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to win again, win again. But that one time lets you know what you're capable of doing. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, and, you know, for my story, I just just be able to know that um, you may be in an environment where you don't necessarily match the environment, but uh, you can, uh, you know, you can be able to, you know, prosper through it and, uh be able to push through it and, and things of that nature. And also, you know, you stuck, you know, people are stuck with the whole nature versus nurture thing. And, you know, I come up, you know, you know, it wasn't no Manhattan or it wasn't no 
you know, all these artsy places and so on. And, you know, even, of course, even even Atlanta has an art scene. Even just certain people, different places has a certain black art scene out there and or, or something that may support the arts, you know what I mean? And um, sometimes you'll be inspired from those places, but you may be inspired from afar. And you kind of almost got to make your, you know what I'm saying, make your world within that world or whatever. And you um you gotta almost like drown yourself in what it is that you that you love to do. You know what I mean? Like of course, like if I felt like, you know, giving up or, or something on, like I said, I have my pictures hung up and stuff like that. And even some of my favorite pieces were, you know, I may I may have felt like giving up for that day, but then I may look at that piece and I kind of forget about it, and I be thinking, I wonder, can I redo that piece like like that again? <laughs> because it it be like that, but then you kind of, you know, you go back into feeling creative again. So yeah, so um yeah, I just like to um for people to see a person that just didn't give up, just mm-hmm. simply. I didn't want to be cliche with it or anything, cause I. I always wanted to be the person like I got the answer figured out. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out like I'm gonna come to this with this, and I I'm gonna tell them the real answer. Man, it's it's so many stuff that sounds cliche, but it's very very true. Mm-hmm. It's really true. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, just didn't give up and just you know kept revisioning myself uh or seeing myself as uh, someone who's making change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and one funny thing about Larry is he's a perfectionist, so he'll be working on a, a art piece, like an oil painting or a drawing, and he'll find like little tiny indentations or something and, and really hop on that. And I'm saying, you know, it looks, it looks good to me. <laughs> like it looks nice. He's making these really beautifully aesthetic pieces and it's like one little thing. And he's like, no, like I have to do this, you know? So he's very, very, I, I see that firsthand, very, very passionate about his craft and the inspiration and legacy that he le- he's leaving um, as he goes throughout life. So, Another thing that, another important question I wanted to get to, basically get into the, the nitty gritty. I don't know if people still say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to talk about it, and really, really with anybody that comes on that, that is a creative, I wanted to talk about marketing. Mm-hmm. Because it's various perspectives on that. The first question that I wanted to ask you, Larry, is if you think there's an oversaturation of marketing ploys or gimmicks on digital media, and that's basically social media. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask, you know, your opinion on if you think it's any type of oversaturation out there now as far as uh, creators trying to get their stuff actually seen on these social media platforms. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like, man, like anything that's public... Um uh, uh, a viral craze where people get on and, and, and all these magical stuff is happening. I think um, there's pros and cons with it. Uh, it's like I said, we have something easier where you can put your work out there to the to the world and be able to, uh, you know, see results and instant results and everything. And the thing is, people, uh, other people are going to catch on to as well. So. It's not that 
it's just uh, you will be able to take notice of the benefits of how this may uh, help you in your work, but other people take notice of, uh, notice of it as well. So being that, then you're going to have a lot of people that's going to be bum rushing this, uh, this platform. And yeah, it's, it's definitely oversaturated. I will say <laughs> that, you know, so many words. It's definitely oversaturated. If there are Guinness, let's just be real about it, it's out there. Um, being that, um, you have a chance to either be able to uh, shine and uh, do something different, make concepts or make meaning out of stuff that that are. Because if it's a whole bunch of gimmicks, then that means that there isn't too much, too many uh, originality. So if there's not too many people being original, you know what I mean? That's a way to set yourself apart. Now, it's still going to be people that are going to uh, gravitate towards the gimmicks because there's a, a, you know, you know, of course, there's a monkey see, monkey do, you know what I mean? But I feel like, um, you know, you have to have your, your audience that's willing, you know, there's, there's an audience for everyone, you know what I mean? And I think every audience is different. Every audience has its own color. Uh, own color temperament. This is the cool audience. This is the warm audience. This the neutral kind of audience. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, there are some small audience that are strong. There are some big audience. Audience. There are weak. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's just, it's just kind of just you just gotta take pride in, in your audience and people, that uh, that take heed to uh to what content or whatever work you put out. But it definitely is gimmick. It's, it's oversaturating, and I don't think you should let that discourage you from uh, putting out your work and keep creating content because just like, um, you know, platforms, they'll come and go. You know what I mean? There'll be another platform. You know what I mean? And um, I just feel like that's just going to be a part of it. You still don't want to be able to miss out to what you can contribute to help uh, individuals, uh, you know, with inspiring them to, you know, help them be the best that they can be as well. So I, I'm more focused on the individuals than the, uh, than just the whole, you know, uh, you know, what I'm saying the craze and the you know the viral aspect of it because, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you hold more of a meaning, and they'll they'll last. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, and we talk about different algorithms on social media a lot, specifically Instagram because they change the most. And I'm also, for those that don't know, I'm also a PR professional for a company, and so we have people that study the changes in algorithms on social media just for marketing, advertising purposes on digital media. And one of the newest updates was actually that actually people bookmarking and sharing, I believe, boost you up, boost your post up more than likes and comments now. So that's like basically taking precedence over that as far as getting your post out there and getting mm -hmm. seen. And, yeah. and Larry and I had a discussion about that because it, it's constantly changing and constantly evolving and mm -hmm. people aren't always aware 
and they'll just see a, a, a change in their post or their analytics, and they don't even really know why. Yeah, I've seen people um, that probably uh, uh, took awareness of that and probably took uh, made a post saying that a lot of people ain't seen this stuff, and that's unfortunate. That's I, I really hate that for them because there's some people that build some big platforms and they make great content and everything, and now they're making the algorithm change based on... I don't know different things or whatever <laughs> so on so so basically I guess they're controlling because I guess people come to the platform to bring the content to control their audience mm-hmm. but now they're rearranging it to to kind of where okay now that you brought all this this um this content you made Instagram what it is mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so now that you're bringing all this content to uh to you know bring people to this platform and you be able you know us man you be able to control it and you know have a space to you can do whatever you want with it. now we want to control you mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I don't know it sounds like the government I don't know man kind of you know what I mean kind of sound like yeah everything you know what I mean so now it's so now it's yeah. it's getting kind of dictated you know yeah. like they're controlling what it is that other people can see instead of you controlling it. Because, like I said, it's your account. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be your account, but is it really your account if they're like, nah, we don't want them to see. We want them to be able to engage and stuff like this and this and that. So, But, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, keep creating, keep making content, like you said. Or it'll be different platforms that exist and you don't want to miss out making content that you already have exist from an old platform be able to put on a new platform mm-hmm. and like I said being able to have content uh, without you know actively creating it and you can still actively create your content mm-hmm. but to be able to have content on the go you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying from previous platforms it's best to bring your content with you so yeah yeah. And I would say be persistent. Don't get discouraged about, you know, if your analytics aren't looking the way that you would want them to look at a point. You can try different times to post, and there's things you can definitely look up about that as well. Even, like, the pre-posting systems that, are, that will post for you, you know, at a set time. Mm-hmm. It's tons of them out there that you can use, but I wouldn't get discouraged by numbers. I would definitely keep posting your your promotions mm-hmm. and your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody is seeing them, and then there's, of course, word of mouth and people that you think aren't even really seeing your stuff just because they're not liking it. Mm-hmm. Like, they still see it. You yeah, know. don't don't be afraid to uh go to people that you feel like that's your crowd, your niche, or whatever. Because you can build up that way as well. You know, you post uh you want to post daily, do your your daily or your here and there or weekly, and you still go to people to reach out to people that reaching out still works. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. So mm-hmm. definitely yeah. building that connection. Yeah, definitely. So, that leads us into our next question or topic. What's the most rewarding part of being an artist, from your perspective, and what is the most challenging? Um, like I said, seeing, I, I say the most rewarding is seeing, uh, creating something from nothing, seeing uh, a figure or your, uh, your work shape into form, being able to manifest right before your eyes that was once on the surface that was blank 
or you know what I mean, or just any type of medium that you use to be able to bring whatever it is that's in your thoughts to life. So I think that's the most rewarding part of it because it's a sense of, uh, you know, pride. And then, you know, you give it off into the world, you know what I mean? Because, you know, every piece that you create, that's, or, or you know, whether it's a book you've written or a movie you produce or music, you know what I'm saying, that's being made, that's like releasing your child out into the world. So you have that feeling over and over again. So when you create something, you, you know, it was a thought, or you was inspired by something and you recapture it in your way, in your own creative way, mm-hmm. and um, and then you put it out there into, you know, the world, and, um, you know what I'm saying, that inspiration touches others. So that's, that's a... a a key part in it and making others feel what it is or have a reaction to what it is that you know you created or you was inspired by and you made them have a re-reaction to it you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. I think the challenging part is like the process you know what I mean yeah. um, the, the same thing that's um, that's rewarding is also challenging is mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying is that sometimes you know, you have to uh, keep yourself under control mentally to not let to not have too much judgment of what it is that you're creating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or have you know just being able to not uh, I guess you know you get frustrated. You may be stuck on this part, or you have an artist block, or you're starting to question whether this um, this piece. You know, whether it's, it's coming out well, whether it's looking good to you, how the other people going to think about it or something or whatever. But you also got to remember your intent mm-hmm. when in creating the piece, you know what I mean? So your intent, if you, I mean, you always remember your intent is you have to do stuff, not, not to be selfish, but you have to do it for yourself first, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then kind of gradually be accepting of giving it to the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, I think the intent, uh, you got to remember why you first came into it. You know what I mean? Because I went through the same thing when I was, you know, beginning as an artist. I just love to draw. You know what I'm saying? Love to do what I do. I didn't care. I could do it all day. If this was life. Uh, for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to have people just say, hey, don't draw your life away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so, you know, it, it didn't bother me because I loved it so much that I do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it didn't bother me. So it's like not, when you love something so much, it's almost, it's yeah, it's like a drug to you. Mm-hmm. It, 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 up, it uplifts you that much. You feel so good doing it. Then you go into okay, people love what I do. So then you kind of lose your, uh, your, uh, you know what I'm saying, your sight due to uh, people, what what would the people want mm-hmm. instead of what it is that, that it is that you want. Now, of course, you got aspects of where you're trying to do commissions and things like that, you know, but um, in creating work for yourself, I always remember your intent and your love for what it is that you do and keep the love first. Well, thank you for that. We are running, since we are running up into our time limit a bit, I did want to cover about two more questions that I have 
The first one focuses on collaboration. So do you think fellow creatives are hesitant about collaboration? And what's been your experience with different collaborations with other artists? The hesitant can come from uh, trying to find someone that do the exact same work that you do. Mm -hmm. So no one can do the exact same thing that you do. Even if they did, it's still going to be different. Mm -hmm. I think collaboration is good, whether someone do the same close or not. But to me, uh, two people that's different, definitely good mm -hmm. because you complement one another. So mm -hmm. I think collaboration is excellent. And the last question that we have, even though you will be on other episodes, so <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll have tons of other questions to ask you. <laughs> but this is a fun question that I always like to ask creatives as far as different modalities that really motivate them or put them in the zone to create with all of, you know, the kind of chaotic aspects that are happening in the world today. So what music really puts you in that zone as an artist? What are, you, what are you listening to when you're in your element and creating those beautiful pieces? Uh, man, uh, I like melodic music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, melodic jazz. Uh, you know, the, of course, uh, you know, I listen to, you know, rap, trap music for certain pieces. But sometimes I like the, the contradiction sometimes. It kind of brings on a certain feel like I have listened to certain uh, music that has nothing to do with the piece. And I, I, I you know what I'm saying? I'm just in the zone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of like whatever you feel. Whatever music puts you in that go or that motivation form, you know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? That, that works best for you. You know? So I also listen to uh, inspiration, motivational stuff too as well. So yeah. I have to kind of, in order for me to, to write and really formulate those characters, I kind of have to isolate myself and become an actress to become another person. So I have to kind of isolate my mind. So I can't actually listen to music while I'm writing, but just music that inspires me on the daily as I go about my usual tasks each day. I really like Dawn Richard. I hope I'm saying her name, her last name correct, but she was a part of Vanity Kane. And then she went solo. So she makes like R&B pop EDM type music. One song that stands out to me that I really love right now is a song called Hold My Hand. I don't know if people are aware of the song, but the lyrics are really encouraging, amazing. Like basically just saying that, reassuring somebody that they're there for you, you know, to walk you through things. They'll, they'll pray for you. They'll hold your hand through Whatever you may be going through or if you're not really feeling too inspired that day, I think that that's a, a really good song for that. Do you have any specific artists Man, that yeah. you want to mention? J. Cole, Drake, Big Crit, Sade, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, that's not all of them. Uh, <laughs> it's not all of them. I got some. Uh, man, I'm, I'm got stuck now. Ah! Um, uh, like, I listen to a lot of me some old R and B. Mm -hmm. um, I listen to a, a lot of stuff. I yeah. listen to a lot of stuff, old stuff, some new stuff as well. And you know, yeah, it it, it just depends on what mode I'm in. Mm -hmm. They they can motivate me. Sometimes it matches up with the picture. Sometimes it's not the same as the the, the picture. But you know. It's, you know, still give me a form of a push, a motivation. Sometimes mm -hmm. I may start out with some R&B in the middle of the picture, 
I may eat the, the, the tempo of the song may get faster, so I may put on some rap or whatever mm-hmm. because I'm trying to push through the part of, you know, stay motivated through the part that's probably challenging or something. Mm-hmm. And then I probably may slow it back down. So it's almost like a DJ thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. So before we wrap things up, make sure you tell everybody where they can actually find your artwork and, and how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at silverarts underscore 91, uh, Facebook, Larry Silver, and uh, my website is silverbrush.net. I have prints available on there. And pretty much, yeah, just stay tuned uh, to, I have a breakdown series coming up uh, where I will be doing short videos of uh, breaking down the concept of certain uh, some of my pieces, some of my favorite pieces. And, uh, yeah, just stay tuned to that. So, uh, but, yeah, silverbrush.net website. Go on it, uh, get some prints, and uh, just enjoy it. Awesome. And in addition to that, please, please, please follow us <laughs> on Blog Talk Radio's website. We are Gifted Autonomy, and we are here just trying to encourage underrepresented creatives to not only keep creating those amazing products and not um, conform to the world in that and you really you know really stay on their path but also getting some tips here and there of you know how we can help each other and, and how people are doing it's really just a safe space for that we will have some more interviews in the coming weeks i have a couple of authors that are on the schedule that we'll get to speak to about their different experiences so we just want to thank you for joining us today on gifted autonomy this episode will be posted soon and we're just happy that you were able to be here with us today do you have any final comments (laughs) co-host i I had fun doing this (laughs) it was fun Uh, Yeah. yeah but i'm glad to be on here with you i'm glad to be your first uh, guests and co-hosts to be able to uh, talk to other interesting people about their journey and their work as well. So I'm here to learn a lot from others as well. As much as yourself as well. Too. So, Yay! But yeah, definitely. Just, uh, just uh, encourage everyone to stay tuned. Yep, and you can also follow me on Facebook at AN Media or you can add me on my personal Facebook until I can't add any more people. I'm Ashley Silver on Instagram, Ash underscore the underscore wordsmith. And on Twitter, Ashley in the letter N media. So hopefully you guys can catch up with me on all of those and you'll get all of the information about new episodes that we're having. And then also on blogtalkradio.com slash giftedautonomy. That is our core for these episodes. So if you follow us on there, you'll be alerted to whenever we have a new episode a new guest and we're gonna have like i said authors artists entrepreneurs larry's gonna be on here chopping it up with me and asking questions if you are one of in one of those categories and want to be interviewed please email me at ashleymedia at gmail.com if i don't get back to you right away please be patient with me because i've got an influx of people that do want to be interviewed so that's all we have for you guys today we thank you for joining us And we hope to see you on the next episode of Gifted Autonomy. Bye-bye.